This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Hey, it's a public affairs show. Welcome to it. My name is Adam Ritz. Jay Baker with me on the phone. Jay, how you been, man? I've been doing great. And, you know, you just said it's a public affairs show, but this has become America's favorite public affairs show because while we do deal sometimes with some weighty topics and we want to give you plenty of information that will enrich your life, we try and do it in an entertaining fashion. So let's say you're stuck listening to the show. We won't disappoint. And, you know, the metrics we use to measure that this is America's favorite public affairs show. Uh, yes. I, I mean, tens of people have been uh, uh, asked oh. about it. And, uh, you know, the feedback <laughs> is positive. So that's where we get the uh, the ranking. <laughs> our, our polling is always done with our friends after they've had a couple of beverages. And they seem to really like the They show, really like so. it. You know, it's one of their top favorite public affairs shows uh, in America. So uh, welcome to the show. And I wanted to start with a sort of a Halloween-related topic. Uh, this is, uh, for people, Jay, and, and my age, this is uh, kind of an old story with a new take. You remember when we were kids and the horror stories would come out around Halloween about getting uh, some candy uh, while you were trick-or-treating that had a razor blade like stuck yes. in the chocolate. Uh, so nowadays, you need to be, uh, as the parent, you need to be vigilant and uh, go through your child's hand Halloween, I guess, stash and not only look for the cliche razor blade or pins and needles, uh, but now they're talking about fentanyl. I mean, have you seen the candy uh, the, that looks like uh, the fentanyl that looks like candy? Yeah, the scary part, you and I know if any product looks like it's something that's a candy, that's where the problem starts. It's bad enough if somebody swallows a, a Tide Pod, but it's really bad if somebody swallows fentanyl. I mean, you're absolutely correct. And it's weird that here's just one more thing you need to worry about. Well, there is a, a fentanyl problem in America, and uh, there have been uh, hundreds of of uh, fentanyl pills seized at the, uh, the border. Uh, in fact, um, the DEA uh, and their law enforcement partners have already seized what they call rainbow fentanyl uh, in 18 different states. So this isn't just a Yikes. border issue. It's an American problem issue now. Uh, 18 different states have dealt with rainbow fentanyl. I know they just seized uh, some Lego boxes full of this stuff. Uh, wow. And no one's suggesting that you've got a, a shady neighbor that's going to pass out you know, fentanyl-laced pills to your children. Uh, it's certainly not impossible, but uh, you just never know how this stuff might get mixed into uh, a pillowcase full of candy uh, on the on the night of Halloween. Uh, there is well, you a, raise a good point. And, you know, there does have to be some overview from parents. And as I've always said, you know, when I used to take my kids trick-or-treating, you know, if they were even the slightest bit hesitant or they didn't like caramel filling or whatever the problem was that dad would safely dispose of their candy. <laughs> no. are, are, are Did you, I say that right? Are, you know, I, I think, I think I'm getting the, <laughs> the gist here. Uh, as a parent, it's your responsibility to go through 
and make sure everything's safe, especially yeah. the tw- the Twix and the Reese's. Uh, and the safest yeah. way to do that would be just to eat it yourself. If your uh, child, you know, doesn't <laughs> like maple flavoring, you have to step up as a parent and make sure you, you know, make sure that your child doesn't have to endure maple flavoring. Now, there is um, a recent warning from the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration uh, for parents and children this Halloween. Uh, you know, we've touched on the fentanyl pills. Um, the powder comes in a variety of bright colors, shapes, and sizes. It's a deliberate effort by drug traffickers to try to drive addiction amongst kids and young adults. Uh, this, according to the DEA Administrator Ann Milgram, uh, she has said in this warning. Um, the Food and Drug Administration, their standard advice this time of year is to tell children uh, and parents not to accept and especially not to eat anything that is not commercially wrapped, commercially wrapped, um, which can be tough because, you know, you've got your uh, the favorite neighbor that maybe handmade some cookies and has them wrapped in some really cute cellophane with some twisty ties. Uh, you know, that's if you really trust the neighbor, I'd say that's fine. But uh, the, the FDA is saying if it is not commercially wrapped, do not eat it. Uh, inspect and even at that point, inspect commercially wrapped treats for signs of tampering, uh, such as an unusual appearance of discoloration, tiny pinholes, or tears in the wrappers. Uh, if you have anything of doubt or anything that looks suspicious, throw it away. It's just that easy. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct about that. We've really kind of removed quaintness from Halloween. It really has to be a commercial product and look exactly as it was packaged to pass uh, because you, you just can't take a chance. And I will tell you from bargain shopping that if, uh, if in fact, the, the take is small or if some of the stuff looks suspicious, you throw it away and all of a sudden your, uh, your trick-or-treat pile is, is kind of small, hey, the Halloween sales hit around November 4th and you can go to your local pharmacy and get a boatload of Halloween candy at 50 to 75% off. <laughs> is it still going to be good later, or do you need to dispose of it in a proper fashion, which is eat it while watching uh, sporting events? Well, that's I think that's why football season and Halloween coincide. <laughs> so you can get that Halloween candy on sale, sit down on Monday Night Football, and eat the, uh, eat the entire bag. <laughs> also, my, my big hint, if the word Snickers is misspelled, it may not be legitimate candy. That could be a knockoff. Yeah. Could be a knockoff brand. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, just be safe. I know we've got a couple weeks to go before Halloween. We just wanted to get some of that uh, information out there so we can start thinking about it. You absorb it. You uh, Maybe you're a little more diligent, uh, pre-plan a little bit more, especially where you go trick-or-treating, what neighborhoods you go to, what neighbors you go to, what neighbors you avoid maybe. I don't know. Again, I'm not suggesting there's somebody in your neighborhood with a um, a salad bowl filled with fentanyl that they can't wait to pass out to your children. But you just never know. And there's just too many accidents that have been happening. Uh, I believe the statistics are 300 deaths per day right now uh, in America wow, of, serious, of young adults yes. that are overdosing uh, with a fentanyl overdose. Well, and, and, you know, this further underscores, you know, we do, we'll do our massive Halloween uh, safety show here in a couple of weeks, uh, which everyone looks forward to because uh, so many people have said uh, it's saved millions, if not billions of lives. But 
the one thing that we have found is, you know, one of the cardinal rules about trick-or-treating is sort of stay in your neighborhood. You may not know every neighbor in your neighborhood, but you kind of know the quality you can expect. Uh, you know, as you said, in a situation where someone might hand something out on purpose to be harmful, you would hope that that person doesn't currently live in your neighborhood. Yep. Great, uh, great point. And yes, we will, uh, we'll hit a Halloween extravaganza in a couple of weeks. I believe Halloween is a Monday night this year, Monday the 31st. So for our program that airs on the weekend, especially on Sunday the 30th, we will hit, uh, oh, we will hit, it's, uh, it's, it's extensive. Yeah, we've, uh, we, we cover all the bases. Uh, also, uh, on, on the docket, have you heard of Sober October? Well, I like you know I'm a I'm a sucker for marketing and uh, yeah, anything that rhymes. I think that's well done. I like it. Sober October. I've heard of Yachttober. Yeah, uh, yeah this was founded. <laughs> Yachttober. Yachttober. Yeah, you know you celebrate Yacht Rock in the month of October. But tell me more about yes. Sober October. Well, Sober October uh, was founded by a cancer charity about six, seven years ago. It is not caught on full steam, but I've read a number of articles this week that suggest sober October might be kind of nice. Uh, during the summer months, you know, we do tend to enjoy our beverages. There's many holidays that are sort of based around as long as you have a designated driver, why not go to a barbecue and have a few drinks with your friends? So after a summer of just having possibly too much fun, you might want to challenge yourself to go 31 days without alcohol. And I can give you what researchers say are the four main benefits from giving up alcohol. Let's hear them. Better can I guess one of them? Sleep. Sure, go oh, ahead. You, you just said better night's sleep. I was just going to guess you, you'll sleep better. Yeah. Isn't it funny how uh, it doesn't take much alcohol to throw you off? And, you know, traditionally you always hear about the nutcap. And uh, I, I used to have relatives and friends that would end their day with, uh, you know, with a nice little two finger pour of bourbon. But it doesn't take much alcohol to disrupt your REM sleep. And that's the sleep that sort of recharges your creative battery. It's a misnomer that, you know, one drink before you go to bed will help you sleep. Right, uh, absolutely. It, no, it might uh, it might make you tired and it might make you go to sleep faster, but it right. does not it your sleep is not as efficient. So, yes. and this is a, a topic uh, I just had this discussion with a friend of mine this week. He's got you know, you've got those health trackers that you wear on your wrist. Uh, mm -hmm. his, his is like real high tech. It's not just to measure his steps or his heart rate, but it measures 20 different things from blood pressure to uh, heart efficiency. And it also measures his sleep efficiency. And he has noticed, because he knows, he knows that I do not drink. Uh, he asked me about my sleep schedule uh, since I quit drinking, which was 18 years ago. But he said he, he's uh, noticed from his health tracker that when he has just one drink, his sleep efficiency drops from about 93% down to 73%. And I, I mean, I didn't even realize it was that much of, a, of an issue. Just one drink would drop your efficiency, you know, 20%. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm actually not surprised by that, but I'm also amazed by that because that's a like a 25% reduction, you know? Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Um, and, and, 
something I guess I don't have to worry about since I don't drink, but uh, which makes me think, why am I? Some days I'm just so tired or I feel terrible. I'm like, this. I should have a pass here. I don't drink. Come on. I, <laughs> come on. Yeah, absolutely. Why, you why, have no excuse. <laughs> I, why is it so hard for me to get up in the morning? I had a great night's sleep. I know I did because I didn't drink yesterday. But uh, yeah, yeah, so so it can really affect your sleep. Uh, three more uh, great benefits to a sober October healthier skin uh believe it or not your skin kind of takes a beating uh when you drink because it tends to dehydrate your body Mm -hmm. and your skin cells need that hydration so you'd actually uh have healthier skin if you would uh let's say take 31 days off from drinking uh here's an obvious one but kind of funny you'll have more money that is absolutely true. Oh, for sure. Absolutely true. Uh, and uh, it is uh, better for your gut health to take some time away from drinking. And that's the, and this is, I, I love because, you know, I did actually pay attention to science courses. That's all about the flora and fauna of your intestinal area. Because if you, if you think about it, there's some whiskeys. Uh, which we don't need to mention on the air, but there's some whiskeys that you're thinking, if you pour that in, your poor stomach is going, what are you doing to me? Well, yeah, your digestive health. I've had some uh, family members, whether it was liver cancer or um, colostomies, uh, a lot of that uh, hard alcohol, I mean, it's it's like gasoline. It is a toxic chemical that is running through your system. and if you tell me that these just just these four simple things will be better in my life, uh, especially yeah. just having more money, um, I think you've just talked to a lot of people into trying to go 30, 31 days without uh, drinking to give it a shot. Sober October. Now, if you've started, you know, it's obviously not the first of the month anymore. So um, we can, you know, pretend sober rhymes with November and just do sober November. You can't do sober March. It doesn't rhyme. It's not even close to no, rhyming. It doesn't March. Uh, yeah, sober doesn't. April doesn't work. But anything that ends in B E R, uh, sober December, <laughs> sober September, <laughs> sober November, sober October, uh, but sober July, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, don't. Well, if we go back to that other thing, you know, Fourth of July picnic aside, you can't go 30 days of July. Come on. You know, know I I think the other part about giving up alcohol is uh, there are, you know, a few reasons why you would do it. If you, if it really affects your life in a negative way, you need a reason to stop doing it, to stop drinking alcohol. And uh, unless you get that DUI that uh, causes you to lose your job, uh, unless you have so many hangovers that you can't perform your job, uh, unless you have uh, so many alcoholic episodes that your family uh, leaves you or uh, you have family issues because of your alcohol use or abuse. Um, it, it's it's difficult to stop drinking if you don't have any of those issues. So right. uh, just I, I think a great way you mentioned it when you started this story is to challenge yourself. You know, just uh, it's a simple challenge. It's a 31 day challenge. Sober October. Uh, your gut will thank you. Your your wallet will thank you. Uh, you'll get a better night's sleep, and you'll have healthier skin. All those things are great. Yeah, and it does help you give some perspective. Uh, if you took 31 days off, you might review and say, hey, I just need to be moderate in my drinking. We've always talked about uh, on this show that um, 
extremes on both ends rarely are a great idea. So therefore, um, if you're one of the 97% of drinkers that can drink and manage it in their lifestyle and not endanger others, uh, you still have to be moderate in your intake, even if you don't have some of the other issues associated with it. Very good. Sober October. Love it. Yeah, I thought that was cool. This is a, an interesting note. And, you know, and I'm going to apologize ahead of time that this sounds controversial because it actually isn't. The flu shot has been around for a long, long time. And what made the flu shot very interesting last year was because of the fact that we were all being relatively careful to avoid people and mask up in public and things of that nature uh, during the sort of trail off period of COVID Mm -hmm. uh, the flu season was almost non-existent. So the standard ways that flus got shared with each other, the flu, um, the so-called flu cycle was way down last year. I don't know if you heard that or not. Well, I, yeah, the the reports of of the flu uh, were almost infinitesimal, right? Um, but are, here's what's oh no, go ahead. I was just going to ask: Are they they're they're still? I mean, I've seen the uh, the marketing and the uh, advertisements for you know stop in here to get your flu shot. Well, the flu shot is recommended as a very very good idea. Obviously, uh, you know we're so used to hearing about flu, and I've had a couple of buddies who have said that's ah, no big deal if I get the flu. But sometimes you can get a severe enough case of the flu that it can really knock you out. So that's something to take into consideration. Believe it or not, part of how America's uh, and and the CDC looks at flu is they follow Australia's example. So as Australia came out of some of its uh, social isolation and the end of the pandemic, the flu is worse than it's been in 20 years in Australia as we speak. I, no, I did not know that. Yeah, because it's in the other hemisphere. So they've had their winter earlier than we have in fact they're six months behind us but uh yeah or in front of us i don't know once again i should have paid better attention in school (laughs) but your point's taken they're they're uh, on the other side of the world they are experiencing what we're going to experience uh with our seasons being two two seasons off um so i had no idea So, yes, if you're pretty tolerant of the flu shot and most people seem to be, you know, once again, as you know, vaccination talk uh, gets all of us all fired up. Uh, But it's not a bad idea to consider a flu shot. They're recommending this could be a difficult flu season. And then here was something I did not know. They actually have formulated some flu shots for Americans who are 65 and older because that group tends to get hit the worst during flu season. And uh, I would consult with your doctor before yes. uh, attempting. Oh, yes. Because, you know, I know my mother was scheduled to get a flu shot and her COVID booster uh, at the same time and on the same day. And I don't, you know, I'm no doctor. I don't know how this works. All I said was, Mom, just make sure your doctor says that's okay. Right. Yeah. Um, Make sure a medical professional signs off. Yeah. Uh, You just never know uh, how those are going to mix. 
you know, she's 81. Uh, in fact, I think uh, due to Hurricane Irma, both of those um, appointments were held off. So I think she's uh-huh. going to end up getting, it's just going to work itself out uh, naturally. She's going to get uh, two different appointments and two different shots at two different times. But it's just something to think about, uh, especially if you're someone like me that knows nothing about anything. and i like to pass on that i know nothing about anything to anybody who will readily listen to me but yeah i thought that was an interesting article about the flu shot thing and uh adam was absolutely correct ask your physician about uh, if you are 65 and older because there's a couple different style uh vaccines that are formulated for older americans and another great source and i'm glad and grateful for this uh your pharmacist knows pretty well too because they stay up on all that and believe it or not most people get their flu shots through their local pharmacy Mm -hmm. and i think i have a correction to make i think i just said hurricane irma and it was hurricane ian ian yeah um irma there was a hurricane irma within the last few years uh this was hurricane ian and since i brought it up might as well uh touch on it one more time the devastation uh through florida um the cleanup is in recovery is coming along the death toll was outrageous our thoughts and prayers are with everyone who's had to deal with this uh at a significant level uh, my parents, uh, living on Pine Island, the, the bridge was repaired. I mean, things are getting uh, a little better. Uh, it certainly looked terrible uh, the 48 hours immediately after. Uh, but now that we're uh, several days, weeks after, uh, things are hopefully, uh, especially for our listeners that have loved ones down there or are down there, uh, things are getting better for you. Um, Yeah. uh, In fact, uh, I was impressed. Uh, You had mentioned specifically FloridaDisasterFund.org. During the first five days of Hurricane Ian striking Florida, they raised over $35 million. So it just shows you Americans do love to give to those that need, especially in these times where it's just it's off the scale. And, and as you know, um, and, and you're very familiar with that part of Florida, Fort Myers, they said fundamentally will probably never be the same. Now they'll rebuild, but you take, you talk about taking a direct hit from a, a hurricane. That's it's almost like an atomic bomb hitting the place. Yeah. 90% of the buildings on Fort Myers beach were wiped out. Uh, you, you can look at uh, aerial views of the, um, of the beach in the area and you just, you see a, you see a house and then you see five lots with just a concrete pad, uh, yeah, absolutely. all the walls, everything gone. Uh, it will never be the same. They will rebuild. It'll take a long time, but, um, you know, as they rebuild, I guess we could take a second here to mention the support of Florida tourism, Fort Myers Beach tourism, uh, Sanibel Captiva, Pine Island, that area, Cape Coral, Naples. Uh, the tourism uh, will take a while to get back up on its feet, but yes. uh, when it is up and running, uh, maybe for your next family vacation, um, get some plane tickets and head down to Southwest Florida. Uh, and help out that area because a lot of people depend on tourism to make their living. Absolutely. And um, our thoughts and prayers are going out to all the citizens of Florida. Uh, once again, that is Florida Disaster Fund, all one word, 
dot org and we have also been uh, still promoting the fact that the red cross is very busy boots on the ground now in florida and the red cross is pretty simple as well red cross all one word dot org either one of those organizations still looking for uh monetary donations because that's what goes the furthest as you know the first responders and then the secondary responders it's all based on hey if you've got to get trailers or tents or tarps or whatever to give the citizens you 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 gotta you have you need money and uh you know you don't want to be crass about it but uh you know if you feel so inclined to give to hurricane relief those are two great ways to do so 35 million dollars that was great you had mentioned it on the show and yeah hopefully we had at least some small part in that but uh as you had pointed out great that florida was prescient enough to think in terms of hey you know we live in an area where we get the kind of storms that can affect thousands of people at a time and and you know the internet is such um the dark web and there are just so many evil people take advantage of people on the internet i I love hearing a a story of positivity where 35 million dollars was raised that quickly for people that need it with the um the websites and the dot orgs to get the money to the people in the right place at the right time you know you think about that hurricane uh, katrina in New Orleans and uh, the telethon. Do you remember the telethon they had to raise money? Yes. And I know back then was that oh oh five? Does that sound about right? I, yeah, probably uh, early early two thousands. Uh, and we certainly did have the internet and dot coms and websites back then, but um, Americans uh, just weren't conditioned to go to their phone with ease, press a button, donate money. Um, it was still the internet was just so computer, desktop, laptop oriented that it took a telethon to raise uh, tens of millions of dollars to help Hurricane Katrina victims. It's so great that just you know a decade and a half later, a few decades later, that something terrible happens and Americans have the ability immediately to go to their phone, type in a website, press click and give money to an, a reputable organization to distribute back to the people that need it. It's that fast. I, lo- I love that the internet right. uh, is at that point now. Well, and, and you raised a great point because I just pulled this up as you were speaking. Uh, Hurricane Katrina happened in August of 2005, and they estimate that it caused about $125 billion in damage. And then this... You know, I know people passed away in the storm, but it directly caused the deaths of 1,800 people. Katrina was 1,800? Yeah, that's just the part that I had completely forgotten about. Uh, And, you know, as we always say, the devastation in property and people. And, you know, we live in an age. I mean, obviously, in 2005, we had great information dissemination in place, but it struck a large urban area. And there were a number of people that just couldn't get away. The problem with Florida this time around is they knew it was a big storm. They knew it was going to pack a punch, but they didn't necessarily know where it was going to hit. So it's really difficult sometimes to get people to evacuate, not because they're trying to be tough. It's because, hey, they just don't know about the storm. 
because we have some friends that are probably about 75 miles south of uh, of where the storm hit and they had a one tree in their neighborhood blew over so it just shows you you know just it's a game of inches unfortunately yeah it really is it really is. So, again, uh, floridadisasterfund.org, still up and running, accepting donations if you'd like to help. Because like Jay said, if Katrina, was, the damage was in the billions, this will be uh, similar, the, the, the yes. monetary damage. Uh, thank God uh, the death toll is nowhere near that of Katrina. But that doesn't diminish the ones who did perish. And we, again, send our thoughts and prayers to everyone who's had to deal with this. So uh, give if you are so inclined. Coming up, uh, as Adam was touching on, we'll have our Halloween spectacular show. Halloween extravaganza. uh, Where we discuss costumes and safety and having fun. And, you know, uh, many people only know Adam through the radio. But if you get to know Adam the person, you know that he takes his candy pretty seriously and this is a holiday that takes its candy pretty seriously love the candy i love the season i've got a graveyard (laughs) in my front yard right now and these aren't the styrofoam (laughs) gravestones i've got the real you know they're they're, you got the real ones they're concrete they won't blow away um i i think i should chain them to the house so nobody steals them they're that nice uh, please, uh, just to, if you drive by the house, enjoy them, look at them. Don't take them. Don't take my yeah, don't, 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 don't well, ruin my Halloween. <laughs> hey, super, super quick. Speaking of ruining right, Halloween. 10 seconds. Okay. Kids across the street, built a graveyard. They go home, go in the house. The neighbor walks his dog. The dog pees on the gravestones. That was not good <laughs> etiquette. I would rather have you steal the gravestones than let your dog just go on. (laughs) All right, thanks for listening. You can uh, listen to this show in podcast form on our website, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.